Um, Hey, turn with me to John chapter 14. The Gospel of John chapter 14. As Dan already said, we've been in this series called Life on Earth. We're looking at Jesus' life on earth and how it is purposeful and intentional. Everything that he did had a purpose and intention that was based upon him pointing to his heavenly father and saying, okay, here's how you know him by knowing me or seeing me. And here's how you respond to that. And I think that's important because sometimes we, we forget or we get fuzzy on what is this whole thing about? You know, maybe even like, why did I come to a middle school this morning to gather with the church? Sometimes we get in these places in our life where we go, am I just going through the motions? Am I just doing this because my, my parents did this? Or, uh, you, know, you know, 10 years ago, somebody shared Jesus with me and the next step was to go to church. And I've been doing this for a decade now. And I'm kind of like, why? Why do I? And that's why we have these series. We say, okay, look. This is what Jesus did. Um, this is what he, how, how we should respond to that. First week we looked at his baptism and why baptism is a big deal and why Jesus was baptized. And then how he wants his church to follow through with that. And uh, already we have about 15 people signed up for our baptism celebration on April 27th. It's going to be amazing. Uh, we get to see 15 people right here from our church uh, go public and uh, go all in with Jesus Christ and celebrate their story. If I were an emotional guy, I would clap right now, but I'm not. So would you clap for me for that? Yeah. I'm a cold man. I'm a very cold man. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome to see that, uh, that, that we as a church are following through with that, that people come to Christ and then they, and they are about this. And then last week we looked at miracles. And we looked at the fact that so, so often we get in a place, even in our faith in Jesus Christ, where we read these stories in the gospel and we go, oh, yeah, a miracle happened there and a miracle happened there. And, oh, yeah, I heard this, uh, you know, my friend on Facebook uh, was sharing a miracle who happened, that happened to her. Or, but we kind of lose sight of the fact that miracles happen to us and will happen to us every single day. And Jesus shows us that in the gospels. Well, today... We're going to continue this conversation in the scenes of Jesus's life on earth and how it shows us who he is, who our heavenly father is and how we are to respond. So we're going to get to John 14 in just a second. And we're going to look today at the mission and the message of Jesus and how we are to respond to that. Okay, so. Let me back up a little bit. Uh, my wife and I uh, this year became certified to be foster care parents uh, here in the greater Lynchburg area. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I tell you that to say this. Uh, we, we decided, okay, so for this phase in our life, we're going to be emergency and respite foster care parents. And so that means, in theory, that kids will come to our house for two days or two weeks until they get permanent placement. So, so that's what we did. So we've had a couple... Uh, placements. One thing that we said, though, to social services, no teenagers, right? And if you're wondering why, just look around in the middle school and you'll figure it out, okay? Okay, that was a bad joke. Anyway, now we're just like, that's just too crazy right now. I, I'm raising two preteens or, or a preteen and a teenager. And so we're just kind of like, let's just, hey, we will, we'll be foster care parents for, for little kids and and babies, and, and it'll be great. And, and so uh, we get a call from social services, though, last week, and they said, hey, uh, we have this 14-year-old girl. Okay, in case you're wondering, that is, qualifies as a teenager. And uh, she, needs a, you know, she needs a placement. She needs an emergency home until we can get her permanent placement. 
you know, would you guys be open to taking her? And my wife was a little bit nervous, and she said, well, what is she like? And, and the social worker said, well, she's got a little bit of an attitude. That's code for a lot of attitude, right? So um, nevertheless, uh, my wife calls me up. She tells me the situation. And after a conversation, we decide, let's take her. So she comes to our home. And immediately, you know, she's, uh, you know, she's kind of saying things and doing things to shock us, you know, to, uh, to kind of, you know, uh, keep her barriers and her distance from us. And, and, and we just, you know, just decide we're going we're gonna to show her love and we're going to tell her that we love her. Even though we just met her, we love her. We know that God has her in our life uh, however long for a reason. And so, and here's what began to happen. This, this, this girl began to, who had a lot of attitude, began to soften. She began to change her attitude towards us and towards our home and towards our family. And, and something happened within less than 24 hours. She, she, she eventually just said, I, I want to stay with you guys. I want to stay with you guys. And, and my wife explained to her kind of the situation with our home and how we're a temporary place and she's going to go on to a long-term home and, and everything. God's going to, you know, and she explains the whole thing and God's going to get you back with your mom and it's going to be awesome. And, 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 and that was the plan and, and that's what happened. But this girl reminded me of something. And here's what she reminded me of. She reminded me of our own journey with God. And, and here's what I mean. You know, before we become Christians, and, and I mean, even for those of you who grew up in the church, you, you know what it was like to be a religious Christian. Some of you didn't grow up in the church, and you know what it was like to either be um, completely clueless about Jesus and the church, uh, and then all of a sudden you knew a lot about it. But what happens is in that time period is we sort of kind of hang out in our wounds and our insecurities, Sort of, sort of like a 14-year-old would. You know, it's like I feel sort of rejected. I feel uh, insecure. My whole world is in flux right now, and I need to protect myself. And we do that spiritually. And, and we have sort of a little bit of an attitude. It might be a religious attitude. For those of you who, who are kind of rule followers and you, you find security in, in religion, and that might have been you. You know, you, you may have even grown up in religious Christianity, and you're like, okay, these are the rules. I know if I follow the rules, the people will be proud of me, and I can sort of get along. Some of you, you're not rule followers. You're, you're quite rebellious. And it's like, those are the rules. Thank you very much. And you kind of went the other direction. But what ends up happening is we start to find our security in one of those two areas. And we totally miss out on the most amazing thing. And that is the heart of our Heavenly Father. Who the whole time is saying, no, 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 that's not me. No, 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 that's not me either. I'm here. I love you. I accept you. You are my child and I have a plan for you. And what ends up happening somehow, some way, or through somebody, and, and you have the story, you hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and it becomes clear to you and you go, oh, wow, I, I get it now. 
That, that I don't have to live in shame. I don't have to live in sin. I don't have to live in the fear of death anymore. And that attitude either of religion or rebellion or indifference or somewhere in between begins to shift and change. We suddenly start going, oh, wow, I'm loved by God. Oh, wow, I'm forgiven by God. And I see the world and I see everything much differently. We leave sort of that adolescence and we move into a new frame of heart and mind. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you have known what I'm talking about and maybe have lost your way again. And that's what we're going to see today in this tension. In this conversation that Jesus has with his disciples, we have to recognize that oftentimes we either get fuzzy or forgetful on who Jesus is, that he is God's son. And what does that even mean? And how can, how can he be God's son? And then even more, how is God our heavenly father? Like, how does that make sense? And then how am I supposed to constantly remember that and be confident in that in a world that is constantly changing and in flux? And sometimes you might feel like you're taken from your home and placed in someone else's home, spiritually speaking. Here's the good news, though. Whether you're a longtime Christian who constantly has to find clarity in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, or whether you're a new Christian who's like, I'm starting to figure this out, or whether you're maybe not a Christian at all. Maybe you're here today and you're just like, I don't get any of this, but I'm open to it. Today, we're going to see a conversation that Jesus has during his life on earth that clarifies one of the biggest doubt walls in the faith that we follow. And that is, how is Jesus God's son? How is God our heavenly father? And how in the world does that constantly stay clear? And how do we stay confident in that? And how does it change our attitude in the way we see ourselves and the mission that we have? On this planet earth all right so john 14 jesus literally has a four chapter conversation before what we know is the last supper before we know is the trial and the eventual crucifixion and resurrection of jesus big time conversation jesus's life on earth and he begins to explain some things to his disciples and to us today look at verse 23 jesus replied anyone who loves I want you to hang on to that word love because it's a big deal. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Makes sense, doesn't it? If this is our teacher and this is our savior and this is our leader, that if we truly love him and we trust him, we're going to follow him. So, so that's what Jesus sort of spells out. He's like, look, if you love me, you're going to obey me. You're, you're going to follow me. He keeps going. He says, my father will love them. Now, at first, that seems sort of like a conditional statement. Like, if you obey me, then my Father will love you. And, and, and if we hung out in, in a land of religion and that we have to earn God's love and, and that if our behavior is good enough and, and smart enough and that, that God will love us, we would be totally cool with that statement and be like, okay, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be even more put together and i'm going to behave even more but that's not what jesus is saying at all 
In fact, what, what he is saying is, is that a life of obedience makes God's love more visible. Write that down. A life of obedience makes God's love more visible. Listen, we cannot earn God's love. We're incapable of that because we will always fail at that. What we can do, though, is accept God's unconditional love for us. Remember, what happens even in our human life when we are convinced that someone loves us unconditionally, regardless of where we came from or all of our baggage and all of our insecurities, we begin to operate out of that love and we begin to see things more clearly. And that's what Jesus is saying, that when you're obedient to your heavenly father, you see him more clearly. I mean, think about it when we disobey, when we disobey what we know is true and what we know is right. What moves in? Shame, right? We did something we knew that we weren't supposed to. We didn't do something we knew we were supposed to. You get it. And we start to feel shame. And as a result, we begin to distance ourselves from those who love us. I mean, that's the Garden of Eden. You know, I sinned. I went my own way. Our Heavenly Father is in the Garden. Adam and Eve hide. Oh, don't look at us. Don't look at us. We're, we feel the shame. This happened to me last week, or just this week, actually. Uh, my wife called me out on something, and, and, and I knew that I had sinned against her. And so I, I, I asked her forgiveness, and she forgave me. Uh, but, but even in that moment, I still chose a shame response. And, 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 and this is kind of what shame does when we, when we hurt somebody or we disobey the truth that we know and we act out of that shame, specifically, and this was a human relationship, I began to go deeper into shame. Man, I'm just a loser and I'm a mess and I, I'm not worthy of love and, and I'm just a victim to my sinful nature. And it, you, you get it. You've been there before. And what happens we have these shame responses. We start to justify or deny. You know, deny sounds like this. Well, I didn't really do that. Justify. It's not that big of a deal. Besides, if you weren't such a crazy wife, I wouldn't be acting this way. I didn't say that. <laughs> but that's justification, isn't it? And then, and then if we're not denying or justifying, we're just outright rebellious. I don't like this feeling. I don't like the way I feel right now. I don't like the fact that because you confronted me on it that I feel this way. And so I'm going to reject you outright. That is our relationship sometimes with God when we deal with shame. And guess what happens? We don't see our Father's love, do we? And so what Jesus is saying is he's saying, look, look, if you obey God, he gets more clear to you. But when you disobey God and you operate out of shame, then you distance yourself from him. Just, and this is what's so ironic. I begin to emotionally distance myself from my wife. It's like, I should know better than this. I counsel people on this. And here I am emotionally distancing myself from the very person who loves me enough to say, hey, you did this right here, and it hurt me. But I love you enough to tell you that and, and restore our relationship, and yet 
I don't want to feel bad and I don't want to feel like I'm. And so I begin to operate on that and I begin to push away. That's what we do with our Heavenly Father. Some of you know that because you're feeling that way right now. You know, you know this stuff. You, you know God loves you. You know he's your heavenly father. You know he sent his son Jesus to die for you, to resurrect from the dead so that you were forgiven and you were freed forever. And yet you drop the ball in life just recently or in your job just recently or in a relationship just recently. And instead of going, God, I'm so sorry, please allow me in this moment to accept your love and forgiveness as I repent to you, instead, we start to go, well, maybe I am just a mess. Maybe I, I mean, God couldn't love me. And we start to listen to the lies of the enemy. And yet, what Jesus shows us is he says, look, look, if you, if you obey God, if you obey Follow me. I'm going to show you God. And, and what you're going to find out about God is he is your heavenly father and he loves you unconditionally. You are not an orphan. You are not a misplaced child. You are his child. Look at that, 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 that next verse, 23, verse, or second part of verse 23. And we will come to them. We will come to them. Isn't, isn't that incredible? Like when we obey God and we get clear on God, we know that we don't find God, that God comes to us. And that's what Jesus says. Who's we? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. They will come to us. And what does it say? And make our home with them. They move in. They move in. They're like, come on, we're, let us in, we're coming, we're setting up shop. And what we're going to set up here is a factory of unconditional love. A factory of truth. And we're going to produce truth and love and light in your life. We are moving in and we are setting up shop. We are redecorating your house. Write this down. God wants to live with you so he can love you and be your father forever. That is Jesus' mission and message. That's what he came to tell us. In flesh and blood, God wants to live with you. Like you, you are not this orphan child. You are not without a spiritual father who created you and wants to live with you. Why? So he can love you and be your father forever. What does that mean? That means when we disobey him, Jesus says, go to him. He is a good father who gives good gifts. In fact, he gave you the ultimate gift, and that is the death of his own son for your sin. And that's the good news. We don't have to live in shame. We don't have to live in fear of death. We can live in the confidence. We can live in the confidence that we are forgiven and that we are free and that we are adopted. 
by God and that he is crazy about us. Now, imagine what that does to a person, to their attitude towards themselves, towards life, and towards other people when they live in the confidence of their heavenly Father's love. Mm-hmm. What happens, though, when we don't live in the confidence of that? We operate out of insecurity and fear and shame. And some of you may have returned to that. You may be operating out of that right now. You're pouting. You're mad at God. You're mad at the people of God. Why? Because shame has moved in. Shame has moved in and told you that you're an orphan, that you're not lovable. Look, even your own family rejected you. And so what do you do? You push people out. You, you sit there and you hear those songs and you go, that's not true. I don't believe that. They're up there. The singers are up there all happy and singing. I don't believe that. You start acting like a middle school Christian. You know, hmm, I, guess I'm, I guess I'm not lovable. Maybe today is the day you, you, you came here and you're just like, no, look, you need to put that behind you. You need to grow up in God's love and know that he loves you. And that's what Jesus says. He says, all this I have spoken while still with you. He's saying to his disciples, look, I'm with you right now. I am, the, I am God the Son who has become the human Jesus so that you can know this is God's love for you. This is his truth for you. You say, well, John, how do I know that? Because Jesus, what? (laughs) Jesus has already been crucified, resurrected, and ascended into heaven. Jesus is not here in this moment like he was 2,000 years ago in that room with those guys. How in the world am I supposed to know this? And I love what Jesus says next. Remember, his life on earth was to be a missionary and a messenger of God's love. And this is what he says. He says, verse 26, but the advocate... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you, teach you, remind you, of everything I have said to you. The Holy Spirit is in you right now, teaching you and reminding you that Jesus is God's Son and He is leading you to the Father's love. And that's what Jesus says. He says, look, I got to go. I've got to go, but I'm going to leave with you the teacher and the reminder so that you will always, when you get fuzzy and when you get forgetful and when you get fearful and when you get funky, right? The Holy Spirit's going to come in and go, hey, 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 hey. Hey, come here, come here. Listen, don't, do not let shame move in. Okay, yeah, you dropped the ball. You blew it up. Now, repent and accept your father's love and forgiveness. Because if you hang out in this shame any longer, you're going to start blowing more stuff up. And some of you know what I'm talking about because you return to religion and you've become self-righteous and judgmental all over again, just like your old self, the rule follower. Some of you, though, You've returned to rebellion because you feel safe and comfortable in that. You can control that. 
you can go after your desires. You can go after self-discovery. Why? Because you stop believing that God loves you and forgives you and has a plan for your life. Why? Because you stop seeing Jesus as his son. Why? Because you stop listening to the Holy Spirit. See how that works? And that's what Jesus is breaking down for his disciples then and now. Here's how it works. The advocate's coming. That's why I have to go to teach you and remind you that inner voice. Uh, a few years ago, my daughter started getting headaches in, in school. And her teachers kept moving her closer and closer to the board until finally, hey, maybe we should get your eyes checked. You, know, you come from a, a long line of Coke bottle glasses. Okay? But these were my glasses in school. And so, hey, maybe, you're, maybe your eyes are a little a little off. And sure enough, Eureka took her to the eye doctor and he's like, yeah, she needs glasses. And so we got her glasses. But she has this, this love-hate relationship with, with the glasses, you know? You know, sort, sort of like, you know, one of those, yeah, it's like, I, I, I know I need you, but I don't want to need you kind of relationships. It's like a, I don't know, like a teen novel with vampires and werewolves. And so she had this relationship with her glasses where she would sometimes even misplace them for season, like for a season. Like, I don't know where the glasses are. And then like four months later, we'd find them and she'd put them on and she'd be like, oh, wow, like I can see again. And uh, just recently she was, you know, squinting at the computer screen. She was writing a report and she was getting a headache and yeah, it's like, hey, where's your glasses? Oh, yeah, I probably need to put my glasses on. She puts her glasses on, and wow, I can see. Like, I'm, I'm, it's clear to me. It's all clear to me. Isn't that how we are with the Holy Spirit, though? Yeah, we don't want to need it, do we? we? We don't want the Holy Spirit to go, hey, take this step. It'll help you once again get really confident that Jesus is God's son. And here's what you're going to learn when you rediscover that Jesus is God's son. That he's going to point you to the Father's love for you. And he's going to point you to the Father's truth for you. But sometimes we want to figure it out on our own. And we squint and we, and we, and we misplace that and, and we stop listening to that. And then what happens? We get into church services like this and we don't know why we're so bitter. We don't know why we're so anxious. We don't know why our faith is you're just indifferent. We don't know why we're you know, just going through the motions. We don't know why we're doubting like we are. And then maybe today... You just put on your Jesus glasses. Yeah, I said it. Your Jesus glasses, which is the Holy Spirit. And you see Jesus. Oh, wow. Now, every now and then, I'll come up with a bottom line that rhymes. And I get so excited about that, guys. <laughs> so, delight in this moment with me. Here it is. The Spirit helps me see mm -hmm, that Jesus set me. Oh, yeah, come on. You feeling it, aren't you? You feeling it? That the Father can adopt me. That's what he's up to. He's adopting us. But you know what? It all starts with the Spirit, doesn't it? 
The Spirit helps me see, see what? That Jesus is who he says he is, that he, he sets me free. He sets me free from sin and death and shame and the lies. And then what does Jesus do? He says, hey, come here. I, I, he's your father too. And he wants to adopt you. I'm his blood son, but you are his adopted daughter. You are his adopted son. And he loves you and he forgives you and he accepts you. And he wants to grow you up. He wants to be your father, your good father. Well, you don't know my earthly father. He took off and left. He's not your earthly father. He's not. He's not. He is your heavenly father. Totally different. Well, you don't know my earthly father. I mean, he, he, he went to work every day, but he never showed me any attention. Uh, once again, he is not your earthly father. Your earthly father was in your life, and you should thank him for what you can thank him for and hug him for what you can. If he's not around, then just say, thank you, God, for letting him be a part of me coming into the world, whatever. But your heavenly father says, I love you unconditionally. What happens... When we accept the unconditional love and forgiveness of God, it changes our attitude about life. Now, I want to demonstrate this, and and this is risky, but I'm going to do it. I need a father and a son who are here in the building, a father and a son to volunteer to come up here. Father and a son. If you are a father and a son and you're here today, come up here. Okay, Cole. Cole, that means your dad has to come up. Okay. All right. You guys come on up. Look, he's taller than you now, man. I love that. I love that. I love that. Okay. So, Father, you, st- you stand here. Over here. Right over here. There we go. Okay. Son, you guys get it. Now, here's what you're going to do. Here's your, here's your line. Okay. You say, that's my father, and he loves you too. Okay. You practice it. Okay, you say that's your father, like to them. That's your father. And yeah, I'll give him a hand. Okay, okay. All right, all right, stay with me. Okay, you guys know that Luke's not really our father, right? All right, okay, Luke, I'm your father. Okay. You've never heard that one, have you? Okay. Okay, this first time. Okay, thanks for playing along. Okay, now you say, that's my son. And I gave him for you. That's my son, and I gave him for you. Okay? All right. So here's my part. I'm the Holy Spirit. Okay? <laughs> All right, here we go. You guys ready? I'm the Holy Spirit. I'm kind of floating around. <laughs> the teacher, the reminder. Hey, that's God's son, and he has set you free. Okay? And then now you do your line. That's your father. That's my son. That's my son. That's my son. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Give him a hand. Give him a hand. Yes. Thank you, guys. Yes. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Beautiful moment. That's, that's the Trinity, guys. One of, one of the biggest doubt walls in people's faith. Faith. One of the biggest things that Christians get fuzzy and lose their way on sometimes. It's like, do I pray to my father do i pray to jesus what does it mean in jesus name like i'm confused and the holy spirit's there hey 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 put your glasses on put your glasses on that 
is Jesus. He's God's son. And you go, oh, okay, okay, well, I'll listen to him. And Jesus says, that's your father, and he loves you too. And the heavenly father says, oh, good, you see me. You see me. You see me through Jesus. Yeah, good. Well, let me let you know something. That's my son, and I gave him for you. Can you imagine people walking around living in the confidence of that? That we, we aren't just created to be religious. We aren't just created to live this life and figure it out on our own. That God gave us his spirit in us. Like he's moving in and he's bringing the party with him. Hey, come on. The son's coming with me and the father's coming with me. And he is going to rearrange and redecorate. And guess what? You had this attitude you know, when people, when people called up people to say, you know, what's, what's Bill like? Well, he's got a little bit of an attitude. And now they go, wow, Bill, what? I mean, he's just got this amazing attitude. What is it? Well, he just knows that, you know, the Holy Spirit helps him see that Jesus set him free. And the Father adopted me. And him doesn't rhyme anymore, but you get what I'm saying. (laughs) That is our destiny. And that is our life right now, who we are. And how does that conclude? Chapter 17, Jesus goes through chapter 15 and chapter 16. And then we get to chapter 17 and Jesus ends that whole conversation with a with a prayer, a prayer for you and me. And, and John, the apostle John, wrote this prayer down. It's like he was in the room going, okay, this is good. Like he wasn't bowing his head during the prayer. He was like writing the prayer down. Jesus says, verse 25 of chapter 17, righteous father. In other words, father, I know you're perfect. Though the world does not know you, why? Why doesn't the world know the father? Because we didn't have our glasses on to see what he was up to. He says, and they know that you have sent me. Oh, so now that I know that Jesus was sent by you, I start to know you. Verse 26, I have made you known to them. Hey, that's my father and he's your father too. He wants to adopt you. And will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for them may be in them. Why would he say that? Why would he pray that? Because we forget, don't we? We get fuzzy on that. We let the shame monster move in again. And we start distancing God and we start distancing people. And we get really self-focused. And then the spirit finally shows up. Oh, why, why do I have these headaches? Why do I have these spiritual angst. Why am I so fuzzy about things? Let me get my glasses on. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Jesus, you you came as God's son and you died for me so that I would know that I'm loved and that I myself may be in them. Oh, wow, that's really cool. So Jesus, you had to leave earth to be with your father so you could put your spirit in me so that you could be in me and I could be you to a world that your father so loves. Can you imagine what would happen 
a couple hundred people in this auditorium got a hold of that. And we could, we could change the world. Back to the 14-year-old foster daughter. The next day, Tammy picks her up from school and begins to explain to her, hey, um, you're going to be today going to a more permanent home and, you know, and here's what's going to happen. And, and, and Tammy begins to explain this to this girl. And at the very end, she just says, I want to live with y'all. And Tammy says, well, this is kind of how it works, and this is what our home is, and this is what this home is. And, and, and you know, thankfully, they've, they've, they found you a, a permanent place for, for now. And, 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 and she says, will you promise you won't forget me? Will you promise you won't forget me? You know, sometimes I think when we get in the, in the old ways of our shame and we start gravitating to either religion which was comfortable to us before i can earn it or rebellion i don't care i'm just gonna live how i want to live and blow up my life and because that makes me feel alive all of a sudden we go oh wait a minute i feel like i feel like i've forgotten something and it's the holy spirit who comes to remind us and to teach us all over again you are not forgotten. You are loved. You're forgiven. Now live in that. Live in that confidence. Live in that strength. Let that change your attitude. And so here's why you came today as we get practical and as we respond. Uh, some of you today, if you're honest, would just say, Man, I'm totally living in the, in the triumph of that whole truth, John. I am. I can't wait. Like, I've been waiting on you to get done with talking so that I can get up and sing. So that I can go down and take communion, the body and the blood of Christ, until he returns. Because I remember why he had to leave in the first place, and he didn't forget me. No, he didn't, because the Holy Spirit is telling me that he is in me right now. Now shut up and let me respond. Some of you are like that right now. And I get that, and I love that, and I'm going to wrap it up. However, some of you are here today, and you, 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 the lights just came on for you. Like, you're not a Christian, but all of a sudden you go, Oh, yes, I get it. I get what I've been thinking for the last season of my life, where... Things in my past and my present and the hope for my future are getting clearer. And today is the day where you just need to come down here and let this church get around you and help you cross the threshold of faith and accept God's love through his son, Jesus Christ, that is being articulated to you right now through the Holy Spirit. And if that's you today, you come on down here and you accept that. And don't worry about what people around you think. You know what people around you are going to think? Yes, yes, me too. Been there. In fact, some of them are going to come out and they're going to join you down here and say, hey, let me help you cross this threshold. And listen, it doesn't all have to make sense to you when you walk out of here today, but here's what needs to be absolutely clear. That Jesus is God's son. He set you free so the father can adopt you. And that's what he wants to do right now. He wants to adopt you as his child. Some of you, however, you would say, you know what, John? I, man, I totally am with you, I, but... I'm not that guy who's living in the triumph of that right now. I am living completely 
fuzzy and forgetful on that. And if that's you and you want to come down here and you want to just say, hey, I need to reclaim that or you need to reclaim it from your seat or you just need to respond through confession or through communion today, I want to give you the opportunity. Would you stand with me and would you respond how God asked you to? Father, right now, I just ask that you take over this time. We know that you gather your church for these kind of moments. Let us remember today through your Holy Spirit exactly who you are and what you've done for us. It's in Jesus' name that I pray this.